What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 19 of the Few Chosen Gamers podcast. I feel like every time I say the intro, I feel like a new person. It feels weird. Um, <laughs> today's topics uh, are going to be Halo coming to Steam, or just Halo coming to Master Chief Collection, which is on Steam and Xbox. Halo Combat Evolved. True. True, because it's like six Halos. Uh, <laughs> at least. At least, right? We're going to also be talking about GOG's refund policy that they just uh, started a couple weeks ago, which are like, which is for the consumer, but it's worrying the devs. We're going to talk about that. Also going to be discussing Microsoft xCloud, everything we kind of know about it, because it seems to be something that's obviously going to be better than Stadia. And last but not least, like everything. Yeah, right. (laughs) Last but not least, we're going to be talking about Mixer and how it's actually on a decline. It's, you know, contrary to them buying out these big streamers and, and pushing out just everything they have been doing when it comes to lowering price for subs, their embers, getting more people into the site. Even with all of that, morale is low and it looks kind of bad for them. Oof. Fucking Mixer, man. But yeah, let's get started. Before, sorry, before we even start, um, we have to talk about our sponsor, Rage. Yo, Shadow. that would be that would be lit. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> oh, um, a week after this episode drops, which is March fourth, uh, mm-hmm. we will have the Few Chosen Gamers website up, where we'll be writing uh, blogs. Whether it's you know pretty much the gaming news we talk to talk about today, will be uh writing blogs about it for our community over in the discord uh also we'll be opening a patreon where if anyone would like to support us uh benefits with that would be like giveaways and shirts stuff like that participating in a podcast writing your own article if you want to on the on the uh, website also on the website you'll find descriptions of all three of us and kind of like what we do as far as the podcast gaming Pretty much anything in, in the gaming world. Nothing too personal, just gaming shit. Uh, so yeah, I'm super excited for that. It's kind of been in the works for like a month or two. Just trying to get everything set up and, and making sure shit is right and trying not to get sued for any <laughs> any articles we write. But look out for that. Uh, I, won't, I won't put the page on the description of this podcast, but once the website is out, I will go back and update it and put it on here. Just to let you guys know that starting March... The website will be out, so look later out for that. March. Uh, later in March, the website will be out. <laughs> I was like, uh... On to the schooms. So, first things mm-hmm. first. Now you see what I did there? First things first, Halo Combat Evolved. The Halo that came out in 01. Well, this is the remastered version that, that came out for 360 in 2011. But, all of you who know and love Halo... Halo Combat Evolved came out in 01 for the original Xbox. And Jeez. 19 years later, we're playing it on PC. I remember I used to play Halo on... I forgot what it was called, but... Someone used to host servers. I think it started with a D. But someone used to host servers and have people play Halo on PC. But it was always like unofficial and it kept getting closed because, you know, it was... Yeah, there's always been the CE private servers with like the Halo soccer and shit, mm-hmm. or the Warthog soccer. And, yeah, I just got the name like of that. it because it was a really yeah. popular one. Yeah, but good times, good times. But to see this officially get here is, it's like, 
I, I played it already. I updated. Uh, once I saw it, I updated it. I, I played just a little bit, and I miss it, man. It's, it's it's one of them games where it was just so long ago before you even before like my old so like my friends now I, you know, they don't I don't know what the fuck they're doing like my old friends so I won't be able to re, you know relive the memories with them but just playing it and experiencing it is just a it's a really good nostalgic feeling. But uh, how about you guys? How, how was Halo for you back in 01? I, mean, I, I got to go back. Well, Halo's the, uh, I believe the first 3D game I played was Halo. I didn't play Halo until Halo 2. I didn't oh, play. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> I didn't play Combat Evolved until I think after Halo 3 came out. Because one of my friends, um, he had a friend who lived in his neighborhood who moved. And he gave him a bunch of his old like Xbox games. I was gonna say Xbox One, but that might confuse people. So <laughs> he no, gave him Microsoft a bunch of is confusing people. Facts. <laughs> 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 no, he gave him a bunch of like his old like original Xbox games, and that's when I played Combat Evolved. And I was like, oh, this is nice at the time, but you know, this is back in like 2005, six. But uh, yeah, I've always liked Halo. I played pretty much all of them except for. Reach? Bro, Reach is the best one, yeah. honestly. Was it Reach or ODST I didn't play? One and two. <clears throat> Might have been ODST. I think I did end up playing Reach. And then, like, the I the last Halo game that I owned was Halo 5, because I bought it day one when it came out. I played that one for a while. I didn't like that one as much, but uh, I still really enjoy the Halo series. That's kind of like the classic shooter game, along with Call of Duty, like, Everybody's is always have at least played Halo or they've played COD. Yeah. Yeah. True. I think Halo's better than COD, personally. Yeah. Yeah. I think Battlefield <laughs> is better than COD. I, I just think COD's the, yeah. the bottom three. <laughs> yeah. I've always thought Battlefield was better. It just doesn't yeah. get the same uh, highlight. It's not as simplistic. Like, you don't just spawn in. Mm -hmm. The maps aren't super small, so you can't get right into the action. And I think that's what... And it's not as fast-paced. Yeah. Yeah. And they tried it with People... Hardline, but I mean I liked Hardline, but it just didn't do well because they tried to be like Call of Duty, apparently. Yeah. yeah, it flopped. It's like I think this is a good example of with a lot of games, like you gotta stick to what works for you. Like I get that some games in the same category might have a bigger fan base, but if you already have like a decent sized fan base, just stick to what you're doing. Yep. Yeah. You um, always have to get more and more and more and more and more. As long as you're doing enough, mm -hmm. you know, stick with that. That corporate mindset. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So you know they try to always grab people from other other communities and get them into their game. Hence, Battlefield Hardline trying to be like COD, and to some extent, people felt that way about Halo Five. It be it adding running and, and being a little bit faster than all the Halos. Well, it added the always running. That was the thing. Yeah. Halo Five. I, it was a good game. Though. I still like. Yeah, just, like, I still loved it talk. a lot. I played the fuck out of that game. And I, don't I mean, it, it wasn't bad, but I think it was still the lesser of all of them. Four was the lesser of all of them for me. I don't remember <laughs> four. That's how true four. it is. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about four. But um, key, the key things that they added to to Halo uh, CE is uh, mouse and keyboard support. Um, they now have 60 frames or greater, you know, if your graphics card can handle it, which is amazing. Um, 4K resolution. It has ultra wide support, resolution support. Sorry, uh, text to chat, adjustable FOV, 
and uh, custom key bindings and all that. Also, there were many modes too when it came to uh, the first Halo. So they added some multiplayer modes. They added 1v1, uh, 2v2, which are uh, just Slayer, great Slayer. Right. Um, so the 2v2, they have a mode called Asset Denial. 4v4, they have Slayer, Auto Slayer, Flag and Bomb, Zone Control, Asset Denial, Action Sack, and Snipers. Uh, eight player free for all consists of Slayer, Zone Control, Asset Denial, Asset Action Sack, and Snipers. And then they have a 8v8 regular, which is Slayer, Flag and Bomb, Zone Control, Action Sack, and Snipers. Pretty, you know, pretty solid modes. I mean, I played the uh, the 8v8, sorry, the eight player free fall. I mean, it's a clusterfuck, but. That, the, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, the high refresh rate is just it makes that game play amazing. You can also play it with the old graphics or the new HD graphics. But playing, I have a question. Mm -hmm. It's kind of well. I mean, it's off or it's on topic, obviously. But they talked about rolling out the games for the the Master Chief Collection on PC. They said they're gonna roll them out over time. How many of those games are out? Uh, two. It's two. Just reaching them in the CE right now. Yeah. You said what was the first one? Reach. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's going in um, chronological order based on story, not release date. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. And then, um, oh, let me know when they get to two and three. But <laughs> <laughs> um, and two should be next. It should be. Yeah. Not sure when, but two and three should probably be out this year. Yeah. I would be surprised if they're not, especially with the new one coming out at the end of the year, which actually looks really good. I kind of can't wait for it. Halo Infinite, yeah. Yeah. That game's going to be interesting. Yep. Especially be a, what did they say? Console. It's supposed to be a, um, like a, I forgot the word they use, but pretty much a game that just never ends. So we'll see how that I don't goes. really know what they, what they plan on doing, but it, it's a Halo game, so I'm invested. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about, Chosen. Um, yeah, because I remember when they talked about it, that sounded interesting to me at the time, because I'm like, how do, how are they going to do this with Halo? You better not turn it into a Battle Royale. Better not be a Destiny. Uh, I mean, I, I could see them adding that. Or, or Destiny, yeah. <laughs> don't do that either. <laughs> I rather and... I would rather a Battle Royale than, than like what Destiny did. Even though I, I remember mean... when Destiny came out, they were all like, oh, hey, it's Halo RPG. I mean, if they do, I mean, it is basically, <laughs> but if they, if they take like what Destiny does, like with all the levels and the planets and shit and just takes out like the looting and just makes yeah. everything difficulty and story based, I would be totally cool with that. Mm -hmm. If it would use like the same systems, but it wasn't loot based, I would be totally cool with that. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. That would be good. Well, that's that. That'll be coming out um, this holiday because I think they're going to be releasing that game along with the Series X. So yeah, look out for that. They have to. They have to release it with the Series X. The uh, Halo. You can get Halo um, Combat Evolved on Steam for forty bucks. Well, it's forty because you get the whole Master Chief Collection. Um, but mm -hmm. if you buy it on Xbox Store, you could get it separate for ten dollars. Or if you have Game Pass, you know you're in luck. It comes with Game Pass. Hmm. Ah, good deal, good deal. Yeah, I would play it tonight, but I got some uh, New York to save. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, 
uh, I guess we're going to stick it to Microsoft. Uh, we're going to be talking about Microsoft xCloud, which is, for those of you who don't know, Microsoft xCloud is Microsoft's video game streaming service where you'll be able to play your um, Xbox games and and I think Volchi's at PC games too. All right. Yeah, you're able to play <clears> Well, uh, I watched a video. I don't know if this there is for game. certain, but they were saying that you're going to be able to play your Xbox and PC games and stream them to your mobile device. Yeah. Uh, that, I th- believe the mobile device compatibility is only starting only starting at like 120 games or something like that yeah but, but i mean like stadia yeah. has 28 games so like yeah, oh they have that many now <laughs> yeah. yeah so i mean oh wow they're moving up that's gonna be that's pretty good for a start too so you'll be able to um play your uh pc xbox games and sorry when i meant pc xbox games i meant games that are that you can play on your pc that are on Xbox, right, right, and Xbox games on your phone. Um, it is in. I, mean, I want to say I'll, it's in competition with Google Stadia, but it's really not. <laughs> I mean, um, the idea is for it to be in competition with Google Stadia, because technically Microsoft now sees them as competition. They do, but yeah. they're not competition in the sense that nobody wants Google Stadia. So <laughs> exactly, yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're um, not actually competing. Yeah, exactly. They're they're competing by definition, but you know, again, nobody not wants my to stay yet, So yeah, yeah. The um, I've had a I had a friend who had the beta version of it, and he he showed me it. It, it works pretty well. Um, there's no pricing yet for it, but you know, it would be nice to it would be nice to assume that. It will be a service added with Game Pass Ultimate, which is already $15 a month. Because, you know, we just hope that Microsoft doesn't bombard us with subscriptions. Having Game Pass, sorry, having Gold, having Game Pass, and then having xCloud. So it would be nice to have it all bundled. I think they probably will have a bundle because they already have a bundle now with the Mm -hmm. Game Pass Ultimate where you get live and you get... Game Pass on PC and Xbox. Yep. So it, I think it would make sense to have the xCloud thing added in. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw xCloud be around like maybe about 25 a month. 20 to 25 a month sounds about right. That's actually a lot, actually. I mean, if you get, if you're getting live Game Pass on Xbox and PC and xCloud. Oh, you mean all three? Like my bad, bucks. my bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, all for like 25 bucks. I like thought you shit. were just saying, I thought you were saying xCloud by itself for 25. I'm like, uh, but um, NVIDIA is $5 and Google's like 15. It should not be 25 bucks. I get that, that, that is a really good deal for uh, Gold, Game Pass, and xCloud for 25 bucks a month. They'll make a killing with that. Yep. Yeah, um, plus you also have to keep in mind that this is where Microsoft wants their focus to be now. They don't care as much for their console no more, so. Yeah, and this this is going to play a big part with uh, Series X because they're promoting with the Series X that you can, um, what was it, you could like play, you could move between games, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, just smoothly with their new SSD and processing power. So I could just assume or just throw it out there that I can see them like having you play a game on xCloud like you're playing Destiny and then you know you just switch it to the Xbox Series X that would be really nice 
kind of like the Switch where you, you're playing portable and then you just dock the shit and then you play on the TV. But with Xbox, it'd just be more from your phone to the Xbox. That would be fire. And that would play a part with their whole subscription. You know, that, that'd be great. If Xbox does that, then they're... Uh, what competition, you know? They're right about leaving the uh, console world. And I mean, they'll still do consoles. Like, it's their status quo. They're never going to stop making a console. It doesn't cost them probably anything. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, they don't care about that shit anymore. It's not worth competing over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then with, um... Just to wrap up the xCloud, what I find interesting, too, is, um... With 5G coming up, oh, you true. yeah you won't really have to worry too much about just Wi-Fi because the biggest issue with a lot of uh, cloud-based gaming was and mobile internet being you know mobile internet being slow and having to be on Wi-Fi. But if you're in your house using Wi-Fi, you're not using you're not doing that on your phone. With more services like offering like mobile gaming, I think a lot of services and companies are trying to go all in on like the whole 5g thing like they see this is a big it's a big um they see a lot of potential in it yeah that's what i'm trying to say and when you have 5g speeds going like 500 upload and download like and you have a whole new uh samsung galaxy s20 ultra which is a beast of a phone like you have the processing power you have the the speed like you can play fucking halo halo 5 on your phone and it'd be better than the original x xbox 360 so yeah. this is definitely i can see where they're going with it and i'm definitely happy for it because um this is going to open this is going to just be amazing for gamers like gaming on the go uh just everything content creators gaming business like everybody's going to be i'm going to be happy i'm just going to assume everybody's going to be happy i know there's going to be some rough edges when, it, when this happens but right i'm excited about all of this and microsoft seems to be on a, a good foot on it, so we don't really know too much about PlayStation's whereabouts with this. Yeah, this is kind of weird because there's a lot of stuff we still don't know. Like even with X Cloud, X Cloud, we don't know a lot yet. We don't know anything about pricing. We don't know a lot of the particulars. We just know what it is that they kind of plan to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds it sounds good. So yeah, I'm not it sounds like it's going to be the best option for everybody. I mean, there's people pulling out of Nvidia's fucking program and shit so yeah. i'm expecting that this x cloud developers are seeing internally is going to be very impressive yeah i'm excited for it yeah same next up on some rather disappointing news <laughs> uh gog which is a company that's like steam where they have was it like non-dm like dmr DRM? DRM free games. There we go. Um, They used to have a strict policy where if you will buy a game on their um, launcher, um, you could refund it, but it couldn't have been open or played or anything of that sort. Now, I guess they're doing this because there's so many launches out, like Epic Store, Steam, uh, Origin, Uplay, yada, yada, yada. Um, And they're kind of like, you know, no one really knows about GOG. No one cares about GOG. So they're kind of like going with the win. I guess they was like, you know what? Let's just like add refunds. And you could fucking finish the game and still refund that shit. How about that? 30 First days. 
30 First of days. all, I care about GOG. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as saying no one cares I got, about GOG. No, no, no. I, I, got, no, no, I know I people launched, care. I was just, I was just trying to like spice it up. I launch all my Steam games from Galaxy. Okay, I don't want to <laughs> fucking hear it. <laughs> I was trying to spice You're it up. Schools. I follow this. I follow G on G on Reddit. There's a lot of people that love GOG. I was just trying to like make them make them sound nah, better. I, I know, I know. But like I was saying, they added a 30 day return policy with their mm -hmm. games even if it's uh downloaded launched and played and it's, it'll be a full refund so yeah i believe they said somewhere that if they catch users abusing it that they will revoke their permissions to refund yeah yeah they, but that's by a case-by-case -case basis so. exactly yeah. yeah this this uh, um this is amazing for consumers because people are loving it and it's uh terrible for developers and we're going to pretty much get into that but what you were saying vulture uh you basically just said it oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it, it is terrible for develop well developers are pissed at the very least yeah i don't i don't think it's going to be as nearly as big of a deal as the developers are making it out to be that's what yeah people, people aren't just gonna buy games play them for 40 hours and refund them like it's just not gonna happen i'm sorry yeah, there's going to be people who try to abuse it in the beginning, but then I feel like it's just going to be a hassle. Because the thing is, is that you're not getting your money back right away. Like, even when you read their um, uh, their FAQ, they talk about there will be a time period when they review, like, your, your refund case and everything and then give you your money back. So it's not like, okay, I'm done with this game, let me give it back, and I'm just going to get my money back, and right. everything's taken care of within an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause on it's it's pretty much the fear of giving the players that much power, so I guess people are just assuming you know devs are assuming the worst when someone could buy their their you know sixty dollar game that they worked hard for you know worked hard for, and they just refund it and hundreds and thousands of people refunded it. But yeah, it depends on gonna... yeah it depends on their case by case because you know GOG is just not gonna let it slide. They're gonna just they're gonna check everything and not give everybody a refund but i mean you have to remember too like cdpr owns gog their own games are on gog it so like they're they would be thinking about the same things yeah. it's not going to be an issue there's no way people are just going to refund out the ass i just don't believe it people like to keep their fucking games yeah exactly I mean, I think we're kind of in an era, though, where devs are constantly worrying about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I feel like a lot of the devs have brought it on themselves because a lot of consumers, they, they complain a lot more now. But it's because a lot of the, the devs, they kind of take on shady business practices or like they'll release like halfway made games that kind of suck, you know, under under. How's the saying go under? Uh, develop and over whatever their <laughs> games suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like they release games that need work and then they try to patch stuff later on and people are like i mean this is cool but can i get the game that i paid for so now you see like a lot of tug of war between consumers and game developers it's like I, I understand in a way because the devs themselves are just told what to put in games and they have deadlines to meet in their they work really hard. Like we saw what happened with Anthem. You know, people were getting worked into the ground and the morale was low and <clears throat> the game sucked, but 
it's not always necessarily the devs fault themselves so much as it's more the company but at the end of the day too you can't expect the consumer to care like they're they're giving you a product it's not like they're doing this out of the goodness and kindness of their heart they're giving you money for a product that you made so i think re, uh refund policies like this show that the companies still care about the gamers and show that we're not all just trying to take you for what you're worth so in the, in the end, I think this is good, and I don't really think people are going to abuse it as bad. You're always going to have those who will, but at the end of the day, I just don't think it's worth the effort to do that. I think it's more more of a hassle to constantly like refund games and try to get your money back, especially because, like I said, the, the process isn't quick. Like It's going to be like a several-day grace period or whatever before you get your money back. I'm, I'm going to read off some... Um... On Twitter posts that uh, a lot of that a couple of devs they like stress their concern. What I didn't know too upon reading it is that the um, devs weren't told about the refund policy, so they, I guess that kind of got them worried. But um, one dev went ahead and said, uh, "GOG's new refund policy is worrying. If players can just download a DRM-free game and immediately refund it." Who's taking the financial hit? If that money is taken back directly out of developers' pockets, I could see indies beginning to flee from the platform. Uh, another dev goes and says, Well, I don't know about this one. 30 days is a lot more than I feel is necessary to evaluate a game, and a lot more than just, wait, and a lot more than almost all games take, take to complete to play them. Young Me would definitely abuse the hell out of this refund policy. Well, that guy's a dickbag then. Fuck. <laughs> like, what? What do you mean, young you would definitely abuse it? But again, like I have to say for the third time, it's not <laughs> like the process isn't convenient. Like nobody's yeah. gonna buy all of these games and then just take them back. And these people have to remember too. Like it is kind of shitty that the devs weren't forewarned about the refund change, but at the same time. They don't have any say in the refund policy, so who, like, who cares if you were forewarned? Do you know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, exactly. it doesn't matter. You have, are you going to take your game off the platform now, so now nobody can buy it? No, you're not. So who fucking cares if you were told about it early or not? And even like again, like I said before, if you guys made better games, then this wouldn't be necessary because. There's, there's a lot of warring going on between players and game developers right now, so somebody needs to kind of step in and show that they're willing to make peace between the two sides. Yeah, whether devs like it or not, there's a lot of people pumping out horrible shovelware flips and stuff that are just fucking trash. There's a lot of bait early access games that devs yep. never have the intention oh, man, of finishing. Like, they're oh. released knowing they're garbage. And like those Atlas kinds comes of, to mind. Yes, those <laughs> kinds of games, those developers deserve to get fucked. I'm sorry. Just it is what it is, dude. Because the reality of it is, is that a lot of devs have been taking the attitude of, well, just be happy that we made this. And right. it's like, why? Like I'm paying for it. Like I, I get it that they feel like a lot of the consumers are kind of just being whiny about it, but it's like, you guys, this is your job. Like, I get that, like, the conditions have sucked for, depending on what company you work for, the, the conditions have been less than ideal. But at the end of the day, it's still your job, and we're still giving you money for this. Like, we're not giving you this because we we just love you or out of the goodness and kindness of our heart. This is, a, this is how capitalism works, like... <laughs> 
And I mean, yeah, some like people don't get us wrong. Like we've talked about it tons of times. Game communities can be pieces of shit and whine about stupid shit. But at the same time, like not all those communities are people about to refund their game. They're people that are pissed because of some stupid shit and they're going to keep playing the game anyway. Like it almost, it it almost sounds like, um, they just assume everybody is going (laughs) to. Yes, that is exactly what they're assuming. They've jumped to worst case scenario. (laughs) I guess worst case scenario is not going to be the scenario. So, Let's see how that goes in the next couple months. But, I mean, look at Xbox Game Pass. Like, people, devs put their games on there basically for free. And I remember reading articles, I don't remember if we ever talked about it, about how devs were worried at first about Game Pass stealing their game sales. And now, I remember reading articles saying that having their games on Game Pass has increased their game sales. Yeah. It's like shit like that. Even with like Game Pass being like a dollar for like three months. Right. Like that. Yeah. I right. love Game Pass. I, I still have I think, one. Even though I will say this, I think to date Steam probably had the best refund policy simply because though they have it in writing that it's you have two weeks and then if you have less than two hours played of the game. However, Steam has kind of the rules on that a little bit there have been people who have claimed that they've returned games law after like that said grace period in their faq yeah you have to argue argue for it but you can get it to like i've had games for like i've probably had like three or four plus hours played on it and i returned it within like a week and a half and i still got my money back and everything they only changed that um a few years ago though because before when they used to have the really big summer sales they didn't used to have a refund policy you could not yeah. your games yeah yeah good time and we see an issue with nintendo right now where nintendo went to uh what was it they went to court over their refund policy over in europe and they actually won their case where basically they don't have to return any of their games period. oh yeah i remember that i forgot i remember reading it but i forgot about that that they yeah, yeah they, they got Yep, they got sent to court, but they was like, nah, none of that. I made a mistake, yeah. I made a mistake and bought that game. No, you didn't. <laughs> it's yours now. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's just giving some power back to the consumer. Um, not to say, I almost said the consumer deserves it. I mean, I don't know. It sucks when you buy games and they suck and then you're just like stuck with this because it shouldn't like buying a video game shouldn't be a gamble (laughs) you know what i mean like it's not (laughs) will this be good will this be bad like sure there's always been bad video games i get that and sometimes you buy a game and it's not necessarily that it's bad but maybe not the game for you and that's one thing but nowadays man it feels like buying a video game is such a gamble like you really have to sit there and play odds and you have like a conspiracy theorist graph all over your room linking linking rubber bands to different articles trying to figure out like if this game is worth getting in it it's become way too much of a hassle and i feel like this era where you can just patch stuff out has kind of ruined everything because devs don't have to put an in effort into their games it's like they know that oh well we'll just fix it with patches <laughs> it'll be okay man so I, I i don't know i guess like like I said before, policies like this show that um, 
somebody is still looking out for gamers like somebody is still willing to show that we believe in our games enough to give gamers a benefit of the doubt and thank you GOG yeah. <laughs> even though I don't usually buy things off GOG I've looked into GOG before and they have like newer games like they have like Wolfenstein and, and stuff like that they have what they have a lot of though is like a lot of like older classics like they have like Warhammer 40k on there they have um oh, what the heck you can buy cyberpunk off here yeah I'm not surprised I feel like that's something that they would I feel like they would they went cyberpunk would add that shit anywhere everywhere I mean uh, Baldur's Gate yeah they got like Witcher 3 and stuff on here like I mean GLG is a good site I just there's just other options which is why I usually don't go on here but I've been through here before GOG is a nice site. I still have the one. Oh, yeah. that's right. Scooms, I think Scooms just got finished saying the, the company that's making CD Projekt Red owns this. Mm -hmm. that makes yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Man. <laughs> so, yeah, I have the launcher. I, I kind of always look at it. I like how the UI looks, but I just, yeah, I just don't buy games on there. I kind of just really buy games. I kind of just play what I have, like, on my Game Pass or, um, just play what I already have because you know so many fucking games on Steam to begin with and then having the game pass and other stuff it's like I could go in GOG and buy a game but it's like nine times out of ten I might already have the game right. and, <laughs> and then added on to that my friends have it on Steam and I kind of just want to be connected with my friends and it gets to that point all yeah. right on to the last piece of news we're gonna talk about. We've been talking about Microsoft a lot today lately because, uh, yeah, they've been, they've been, they've been taking some huge W's. But this article, they're gonna be taking a huge L <laughs> with uh, Mixer. So apparently, morale at Mixer is uh, very low, and then there's new management, which is making it even lower, uh, based off what employees have been saying. So I'm gonna read a little. Uh, a little part of this article to give you guys a, a, the gist of what's going on uh, as reported uh, as hat as has been reported mixer has had a few uh, rough few months that involved the original founders leaving the business alongside a general manager and corporate vice president however what hasn't been reported is that over the last six months there has been 16 layoffs due to budget cuts which have shed roughly 25 percent of an already skeletal team and are, <clears throat> and are causing feature releases to slip schedule. Features including clips for everybody and not partners. That's according to a Mixer employee who reached out to us concerned about the direction and fate of Mixer in an email sent to us via Pronton Mail entitled Why Microsoft Mixer Will Fail. Uh, the article I'm reading off of is from a website called onmsft.com. This will kind of give you context of when I said uh, they reached out to us. Because they didn't reach out to us. They reached out to the people of this website. During an right. internal Mixer town hall last week, executives spoke to a skeleton crew of employees to address the growing sense of frustration and low morale within the business. Unfortunately, their words left a lot of a lot to be desired. The employee included a video of the me a, a video part of the meeting leading up to the town hall appearance last week. Newly appointed general manager. I'm not going to really say her name has been <laughs> meeting with employees one by one, presumably to 
uh, amend fears and concerns, but on stage, her words may have been adverse, have, may have had the adverse effect. Hmm. While tackling the concerns of the Mixer employee pool, their boss referred to their feedback as blah, 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 and legitimate issues as negative feedback. Wow. <laughs> their boss also mentioned in the town hall's meeting that while she has empathy for the group, she has no tolerance for negative or negative feedback, which are their legitimate issues, and that she is not there to sympathize with anybody. The employees include Jeez. this in their email. Post town, post town hall, many of the team are angry and in shock, and the hallway conversations are, wow, now I really want to work for her. Thanks for listening. Well, you know, I, I mean, I tried to make it sound sarcastic, but... <laughs> That's sarcasm. Like, I really want to work for her. Thanks for listening. Uh, The boss ends her inspirational speech with a quote that she frequently uses saying, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Not sure what this means. (laughs) That's what they said, but that's not. I don't even know what that means. And they even said they don't know Uh, what that means. I mean, that's the thing that the Microsoft current CEO says, Satya Nadella. Um, Basically just means that when you have, like, a good community and whatever else then you don't need to strategize because everybody will just come together and figure out what to do more or less okay thanks because i really didn't fucking know <laughs> probably wasn't thinking i was probably thinking uh too far out there while we can't be 100 percent sure that the email to us is legitimate we reached out to a sender to confirm that they were indeed working at microsoft on mixer at least according to them mixer's lack of communications with this broader streaming community is forcing the vigilant vigilantes i feel like that's a weird word to have in here <laughs> to reconsider where they spend their time and where they put valuable content and then there's a guy who posted um his uh i mean it pretty much has nothing to do with what, what was just said but there's a guy who posted that he streamed five months on mixer five months on twitch and two years on facebook prior and out of all three of those sites, Mixer wasn't the faster growth that people kind of like played it out to be, even with the site growing uh, immensely. As of 2019's quarter four, the uh, site has grown over 100% in viewership and uh, and streamers. So even with that boost, he still hasn't seen the same growth on Twitch and Facebook prior. So. All in all, it's getting a little iffy in the Microsoft <laughs> and, and Mixer's world. Uh, Sounds to me like they just have a really shitty management. <laughs> nah, they do. They definitely yeah. do. <clears throat> I mean, I think everybody foresaw something like that happening when the uh, the founders left. Yeah. Like, because somebody has to go there, right? But is it going to be somebody that knows how to handle that position? Apparently not. <laughs> they have been... I guess the one main, besides uh, the workers, I guess the one main way that it affects streamers or people on the platform is the uh, is the feature releases. Because as we all know, Mixer is super lacking in some of the features as far as uh, clips and uh, hosting, auto hosting. I think they just added that, but there's a lot of like basic features that other sites have that Mixer doesn't. And clips are in, just not for everybody. Which is part of the... Yeah, I guess, yeah, true. That's what I meant. Clips for everybody. And um, and auto-hosting and stuff like that. 
not that it's needed because you know clips could do harm and could help either way you put it but you know in a day and age when you have a lot of big boys using that and that's kind of like the norm when it comes to streaming but you do not have that feature available for everybody that could be a reason why people aren't moving to the platform because it's always little reasons for people to move from twitch or youtube or facebook to mixer they want the same if not better and try to not compromise with stuff like that so me now us knowing that the team working on mixer is just getting cut more and more and morale is low we can understand why you know clips hasn't been released or why clips might be released at the end of 2020 you know who knows yeah this is really bad for mixer because they need to uh they need to compete with like the other streaming platforms because you can't you can't get ninja and you can't get shroud and some other bigger names and want to build you can't do that to want to build your platform and then have these internal problems that are holding your platform as a whole back that's counterproductive clearly yeah because in general i mean if when you look at the baseline like mixer itself is a great platform it is just, yeah. was... it it needs to it needs to get that special sauce and it that special oh. sauce used to be the low latency yeah. But well, it, it's like I said too. The mixer needs to build a sense of community. I said, um, I think I talked about that. What was it last we had a whole podcast? Ep- we had episodes back. Whole episode about that. Yeah, yeah. They need to build a sense of community, and it's like when your employees don't even have a sense of community. How are you supposed to break that down to the actual product? Um, that's that's really mixer's biggest issue. I feel like if they could get, they need to hire like trustworthy people. I don't know how you go about doing that because I don't really know anybody in the industry that they could go and hire and make a difference like that on that level. But they need to figure it out because honestly, their site isn't in a situation or their site is in a situation where um, they need to do something fast to remain relevant. Because they've, the thing is, is that they've already kind of been like a joke in a way just because of the fact that so many like Twitch streamers and whatnot left to go to Mixer and then like viewers will go over there and see that Mixer's kind of meh, <laughs> like as a whole, like it has some nice features, but then you have other features where the site is kind of behind. Like even like on the mobile app, like there's no mm-hmm. picture in picture, which is something that irritated me a lot. Cause I'd like to not just stay in Twitch chat when I'm on mobile. Like I like to keep the Twitch chat up in like a, a smaller window and then i like to go look at other stuff on my phone whether it be you know browse reddit watch well not watch youtube but maybe you know do other things and the mixer that their app doesn't even have that <laughs> <laughs> you know there's a lot of other features i just missing out on like it needs to be in a position right now where they're growing their brand and growing the company and they're just not doing that and this this stuff yeah that's not helping <laughs> yeah and i wish i wish mixer the best because I do like Mixer, and it, it it played some big moves that that shook the streaming world. And I just hope they don't fuck up because of something like this, because they could fuck it up. And they own it, and they they've had a good start at the end of 2019, and 2014 is supposed to be their year with the console coming out and and all these new services and games. Like you know, it's supposed to be their year, but this could fuck it up. And we just have we gotta wait and see how what's gonna be done because streaming is like like it or not streaming is it and 
I, I know Microsoft wants to be a part of that, but you, you can't with this kind of attitude or with this kind of morale. Bruh. It's just, I don't know. Mixer has so much potential, and I feel like they just need a little something to get ahead, but, like, they just they just can't, man. They got to stop holding themselves back. I think they, they got to just clean house with management. Bring in the big boys. Exactly. Because they need to get ahead. Because I feel like they're poised to take on like Twitch and some of the other bigger streaming platforms. I feel like they could really be number two if they wanted to be. But again, like I said, biggest thing, they got to they gotta create a culture over there. And in a way they have. But the problem is, is that like a lot of the culture that they've created over on Mixer their community is full of a lot of people who aren't really in on like mainstream streaming like, I etiquette, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, mostly everybody over there is only on Xbox, which is just. That's not good, bro. Xbox <laughs> is losing this. Xbox is losing the console race right now. Why are you going to cater to a community that is losing a console race? It's still a community, but just... I mean, it is a community, it sucks but that it's, it's geared just be, towards it. And it's not okay. going to be big enough to take on other streaming platforms. Because you got to look at, like... Let's take Twitch, for example. Competing with mainstream Twitch. Mainstream Twitch is focused around a lot of, like, MOBAs and just popular games. Games that have large player bases. Things like League of Legends, GTA Roleplay, um, Fortnite. Things that have, like, massive, like, player bases. And even if, even if their player bases aren't that big, they're still well-known games. Mm -hmm. Mixer is catering to Xbox, who as a whole probably has a smaller player base than all of those three things individually. But aside from that, a good portion of the people who are on Xbox only, there's probably a good portion of them that don't even care about streaming. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So you're 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 catering to the lowest common denominator at the end of the day. And that's why I feel like Mixer struggles. And that's why it's no surprise when we talked about um, a lot of the streamers that are over on Mixer. A lot of them have never streamed before and don't have any idea how streaming works or streaming etiquette, like how um like how um what was that one streamer you said she oh, yeah. had that alert where when people left it oh, would unfollowed, alert her. yeah. Yeah, and it's like when you're when your whole community is based around people who are like that, it's like you're not gonna gain a bigger community. Cause I think of it like this. Mixer is with what they're doing, they're trying to bring in more people, right? And essentially by bringing over people like Shroud and Ninja, you're already you're trying to bring over people who are already into streaming, but you're trying to get them to leave the platform they're used to being on to being on your platform, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is, excuse me, the problem is, is if you're trying to get people to leave Twitch to come to your platform, the people on Twitch, for the most part, are already well aware of how streaming culture and streaming and the streaming community works. Like, they're aware of, like, mainstream streaming etiquette as a whole. And if you're trying to bring them over from Twitch, where they're aware of all that stuff, to a place where most of your streamers aren't aware of all that stuff, they're gonna look at this like, what the heck is this? They're gonna feel like they're in the boondocks, bro. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like when you take somebody out of like a preppy white neighborhood and then you bring them over into like the hood. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, they're gonna be looking around like, Ew, what is this? Why is all of these hood things around me? They're, they're gonna feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that, that's fucking... That unfollow shit that alerted in chat, that was bro. That shit was really uncomfortable. Yeah. But at, but at the end of the day, that's that's what I really feel like Mixer's problem is. Is like they're they're like the hood, and they're trying to bring all of the people from the nice side of town over into the hood. You gotta gentrify your neighborhood, man. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta make it nicer, and you gotta build your own sense of community. You gotta show like, hey, we might be smaller, but we have potential. Just you know, come over here. You know, you won't get shot if you go to the gas station. Come here. <laughs> We have we have nice uh, we have nice neighborhoods. We have fiber internet. We have. The, well, the, I do like fiber internet. <laughs> the cops aren't gonna chase you. You know, there's not constant crime over here. The crime rate isn't high. Things don't smell bad. There's not a ton of homeless people all over the place. Like we're nice. See, our streets are clean. We have vegan stuff. Like <laughs> that, that's essentially. I mean, that's like the best analogy I could come up with it, because that's essentially what it is at this point. Yeah. Like, Mixer is the hood of streaming, and Twitch is like, Twitch is the gated community of streaming, and they're trying to get all the people in the gated community to move to the hood, and that's not going to happen. Yeah, right? I'm good with my Jamba Juice on the corner. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like Microsoft is getting, um, I'm sorry, it's like Mixer is getting, uh, Turn it into, turn it into Windows, Windows phones. Yeah, I, I saw somebody say that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was like, I gotta say that. That's a good one. That is a good one. Nah, it it, it really is. It, that's why I was like that, that. I looked at that. I was like, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> but my problem is, is that like I feel like this is avoidable for Mixer because they have the platform and they have the means to change this, but they're not going about it appropriately. The problem with, like, I mean, if you really do want to make that comparison, the problem with Windows Phone was that Windows Phone didn't offer anything that people wanted. I don't really feel like there was a need for it. Windows Phone just needed to come out first. They just didn't come out first. It's kind of what hurt hit them really well, bad. And then they didn't have crap that people wanted. Well, Windows Phone should have actually tried to make its own S instead of just porting Windows 8. I think that's, like, the main problem. Nobody wanted to use that shit. They wanted to use something that looked like it was supposed to be on a phone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and everybody hated Windows 8 because the UI was terrible. But I, I don't, I don't know, man. Mixer has the means to to be great and progress, but again, they really have to build a better sense of community over there. Yeah, I don't. I think where they screwed up was in the beginning by making it a largely Xbox-focused community. Because again, like we said, by doing that, they brought in a community of people who aren't aware of how streaming works. Yeah, and at the same time, like it's cool. We've covered this before. Like if you <clears throat> see, so like when I first wanted to start streaming and I didn't have the equipment and stuff, like that sucked fucking balls. But at the same time, you also don't want a bunch of people streaming on your platform that don't have the equipment because uh -huh. It, it is a, a gate to get into like if you're low income or something and you can't afford to get the equipment to stream that fucking sucks but at the same time you get all these super low quality streams when those people can stream 
because they don't have um, any real effort going in. I mean, some of them do. Like, some of them do try. But those aren't the people I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people that can just turn on, that just turn on their Xbox and hit stream. See and there's a analogy lot, applies. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those motherfuckers. Like, yeah, exactly. There's Xbox. There's really high quality Xbox streams out there. Like because I've seen them. Like Mystique used to be an Xbox only streamer before she was partnered, and I didn't even know because she had, like, she somehow got her shit set up really nice even though she was only on xbox but that's not the case most of the time that might um mixer also needs to bring over communities that have larger fan bases like in general like a lot of the games that are cool over there outside of fortnite nobody cares about i got they got like smite over there the smite community is like tight knit but the smite community is not large by any means well you know why they got smite over there though because they signed the uh the you know oh, yeah, like yeah. twitch drops yeah they signed yeah. the a drops deal with smite that's why it's over there no no i i understand that i know about that but i'm just saying like in general they need to attract larger communities because even yeah. when you look at stuff like facebook gaming and youtube gaming they have the people who stream on those platforms though they're smaller than twitch they have like games with communities that are larger like people who play a lot of league streamers are actually on facebook gaming and right. you know league is a large community you know then they got zero the pro smash player he's like the one of the biggest smash players <laughs> well they need they do need to look at a lot of those um smaller communities because the really large ones aren't really going to be the one that matters because at that point you're taking individuals you're not taking game communities well i i get that but what i'm saying overall what i'm saying is that they need to bring over more meaningful communities because they yeah, no, they, I have agree. Like, they have like too many like small niche communities that just nobody outside of mixer will ever care about and that's why nobody stays because they're like why do i care about paladins you know <laughs> yeah like i was trying to do you know that first year i was streaming i was trying to really um there were a couple guys who are both over here on twitch with me now who we were trying to open like this MMO community on Mixer because it was non-existent. And we were over there for a year. It was me, um, this guy named Hoagie Boom, who I watch on Twitch and all the time now, and this guy named Rob, who's a partner over on Twitch now. And we were over there for a year and nobody was watching, bro. Like, it, I don't even think there's anybody playing MMOs over there now. And it's two years later. And I still don't think people are playing like the problem with mixers the people there's more streamers than viewers yeah right. so they're all playing the same shit all right i feel like again though i'm kind of keep repeating myself and it's probably annoying but they just need to get games that people want to watch because i also talked about this a couple times in the past too is that there's certain games that you want to see streamed and then there are certain games that you prefer to watch like the youtube video of it right and i feel like a lot of what's on mixer are the type of games that you want to just watch the youtube video of it you don't care about watching it streamed like there's a, probably a few games that are popular over there that are an exception but as a whole like most of those games i'm subscribing to somebody on youtube for it like i don't care about watching a live stream of this game like <laughs> yeah i mean right now um the top streams are fortnite 
Apex Radio, which is like just the music channels. Right. So, so how is the how are the music channels number three? <laughs> right. <laughs> and they're all they're literally all. So it's Fortnite, Apex, Radio, PUBG. Those are fucking three battle royales at the very top of your list. Yeah, those are just those are just then, the popping shit. <laughs> and then Paladins and COD. I don't want to watch any of that. COD, I could understand, but the thing is, they can't do anything with COD because COD already has deals with other places. Yeah. So it's like that's a wash. Paladins, nobody's trying to watch that. Nobody plays Paladins. I mean, like, people play Paladins, but not a big enough community plays Paladins to care about. Yeah. And then it's like Apex and Fortnite. Half the people there are probably on Xbox. And who's playing those games on Xbox? Mm-hmm. So that, that's exactly what, what I'm talking about. That's their problem. It's they have these communities that nobody cares about. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to compete with Twitch and YouTube and even, heck, even Facebook at this point doing stuff like that just having these small communities that nobody wants to do anything and nobody wants anything to do with them a game that used to be really big on mixer was rainbow six siege that used to be up at the top yeah. all the time and that would have yeah. been a good game for them to keep momentum on because it's competitive and it's not a fucking br right but it's not really not really pumping like that anymore in rainbow six didn't they sign a deal somewhere else or something? I don't know. Not really sure. I think I think you're right though. I think they could have taken advantage of that. But now it's weird because a lot of the big Rainbow Six like players, they're all on Twitch or YouTube, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. And Rainbow Six is in a weird place right now where like multiple players have like quit. <laughs> multiple like notable size players have quit and they hate the game right now. Yeah, there'll always be comp players that are quitting. Yeah. And like even like smaller streamers, well, in comparison, smaller they still average like a few hundred to like maybe into like a thousand or something like that. They yeah. even like quit Rainbow Six because I guess I don't play the game competitively, but I guess whatever they've done like this season or the last couple of seasons has been really trash, so they just don't want anything to do with the game. Yeah, they have like a new shield uh, character that's like busted, and they've had to like deactivate her like three fucking times to try and rework her. <laughs> oh, and shit. Yeah. That's right, I heard about that. Yeah. So people are just fed up with that, which understandable, like, I get it. And then, you know, Rainbow Six is Ubisoft, so expecting Ubisoft to balance a competitive game is kind of a bad deal. <laughs> I mean, Siege has been doing pretty well for the past few years overall. They just need to... The thing is, like, a lot of these hero-based games, what they need to stop doing is adding fucking characters. Thank you. Same, it's the same thing that happened with Overwatch. Like, we don't always need new characters. The more you have, the harder it is to balance. That's what you League have... is going through right now. Bro, League's been going through it. Like... Yeah, but, like, they've been pumping... I've been playing League for the last, like, several years, and they've been pumping out more characters the last year than they probably have in a yeah. while. Like these competitive games, dude. They just need to. They need to get their roster, and they need to fucking stop, and just let people learn and play. And that's that's it, dude. It's because they want to sell skins and crap. Yeah. But even because... in that case, dude, like pump out skins all fucking day if you want. But the the heroes, you have to stop adding heroes, dude. Because I, I know with uh, League and Overwatch, two of the biggest things is they come out with the all these new characters, and they come out with all of these new skins 
for yeah. these characters and they so get, they're like, the balancing skins so so they're balancing the game around the characters who sell the most skins so then yeah. the game doesn't end up being balanced so then they have these characters that come out that are op people get pissed because they can't do anything with them but then the, the game never nerfs them or the developers never nerf these characters because they want their skins to sell and even when they do nerf them, they nerf them into the ground for like a patch and then they come back and they're OP again. <laughs> right. So I don't know, these competitive games, they're, they're too ruled by money and they always go through these phases where they're always up and down with their player base. Like I know Overwatch is kind of in one of those, um, I guess, cycles right now where a lot of their player base is kind of fed up with the game. Yeah, people people wouldn't have to be fed up about changes if they would stop adding shit to rebalance around. <laughs> yeah, like with it's... with real sports, right? Like the NFL doesn't just add rules in the middle of a season. Right. Right. Everybody knows how to play football, even people who don't watch football, right? That's right. how those games need to be. They need to like games like Overwatch need to stay still keep all the same rules in line and it so that it can be well known enough so people who don't even play those games can like watch it and know exactly what's happening right exactly but i mean hey what the fuck do i know i just play video games <laughs> I just play video games. The problem is, is like, sometimes with these characters too, what becomes a problem is like, they balance, they make these characters weird. Where like, sometimes it's not always as simple as just balancing their numbers or things like that. Mm -hmm. Like in League, they have this problem where there's some champions that are just so OP, but they're OP because of the way that their kit works. It's not even like always their numbers. So then you like nerf their numbers and then they become useless or you buff their numbers and then they're OP. So then right. you have to rework the whole champion in order to be able to play it. But then if you rework it every other patch, nobody can get used to how to play it. Yeah. Which would it be a problem if we just didn't make new characters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or they would stop making these characters with a billion different gimmicks. <laughs> yeah. Gotta spice, up the, you gotta spice up the game. Yeah, but the problem is is that you come out with too many gimmicks and then the game just becomes unplayable because you have like a handful of characters that rule everything. Yeah. It's like you can make simplistic characters and still make the game fun. Like it doesn't with... matter if you have 56 characters, if there's only six of them that are going to be played. Then you might as well just have six characters that all work well. It's like whenever it comes to like MOBAs in particular, I always compare them to uh, like fighting games because I always feel like MOBAs are more or less just extended versions of fighting games in a way. Like it's like take freaking King from Tekken. Imagine if the, the, the problem with MOBAs is if you took King from Tekken and then you made him a grappler, but then you gave him a, a different fighting stance where now he's also a zoner and then he has another fighting stance where now he's also a sword character. Yeah, don't even stop. <laughs> exactly. That's what they do with a lot of these MOBA characters nowadays. That's why the games get too hard to balance because they're all gimmicky like this, where they have a billion different things that they can do that make them OP, even though they don't make sense when you put it together. That shit sounds so then, stink. <laughs> so then you nerf their numbers, and then it doesn't matter what you did to their numbers because their kit in and of itself is broken because of the way that it works. So then you have yeah. to change the whole character in order to make the game work. <laughs> and with a game like League, there's so many characters, it doesn't matter who you put in charge, it's never going to balance, ever. It's just going to be impossible. 
Man. Yeah. Or you get, have this situation, I guess, was what's going on with Rainbow Six with the shield carrier as OP. Yeah, like it's not the numbers, like you said, that's OP. It's just the way the character works that makes it busted. Exactly. And then, like, it's easy to change numbers, but when you have to change the whole mechanics of the character to make it work, yeah, it's like you have to rewrite them completely. Yeah, exactly. And then there's that. people that are gonna commit, that are gonna be pissed. Who's like, oh, I spent my currency on this character, and now you yep. busted her, and it's just, oh, it's just a circle of hell, man. Yeah, yeah, it really is. You saying that just like, fucking put the last piece into the circle, because that's I've definitely seen that complaint with other games besides League, and it's like, uh, you better refund me my fucking dollar fifty for buying that character, you fucking scammers. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy. But that's uh that's pretty much it for the podcast, guys. Thank you, thank you all for listening. Uh, I kind of like the ending of it because <laughs> it's like the circle of hell when it comes to games like this. All right. But um, yeah, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace. <laughs>